Welcome to the OKC First podcast. Together, we're learning to do three things. Friendship with God. Friendship with one another. And open friendship for the sake of the world. For more information about OKC First, please visit OKCFirst.com. Today's scripture comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Very familiar words. They even have their own nickname, the Great Commission. And if you didn't already have a lot on your Monday list, the Great Commission only (laughs) adds even more. Welcome to church on Trinity Sunday. Trinity Sunday 2023. I want to start by saying welcome home to our very first ministerial fellow, I believe. Ladies and gentlemen, Caleb Gibbs. Caleb Gibbs is here. It did take us a while when he was just first started to get his name down. We called him Clark Giblet for a while, but it is in fact Caleb Gibbs. Welcome home, buddy. It's good to see you. As you can tell, it is a special day. It's a very special day. As you can tell, all of these decorations are because it is my anniversary today. Uh, My 31st anniversary to uh, my lady friend over here. Oh, it's your anniversary as well. Oh, interesting. It is also uh, my daughter and Brady. They are traveling back from a quick trip. It's their first anniversary today. I know, one whole year, and you guys, it's my parents' 59th anniversary today, over there, yeah. So, we're already planning the big 60th anniversary party, and uh, maybe there'll be karaoke, who knows, just uh, figure it all out. So, uh, we are going to start VBS today, and I would tell you that, that VBS, that's what this is that VBS is one of the best things we do. In fact, I would tell you that VBS uh, amplifies one of the best things about OKC First, which is the heart of Lisa Sanders for God and then for kids. Um, and Lisa and all of her, her help this week have been all over the church, making sure that we can put together the kind of experience that reinforces for kids that God's mind about them is made up and the news is good. And uh, we have decided that we're going to kick off, kicking off with VBS, we're we're going to have a summer-long theme, which is going to be super summer. So we have a superhero theme here, we're going to get to that in a little bit, but we changed, we're in a little different sermon series. Let let me tell you about the the season that we are in. According to the Christian calendar, we're in the season of Pentecost. The season of Pentecost kind of started last week with Pentecost Sunday. And now we are at Trinity Sunday, and then for the next almost six months, we will be in this season of Pentecost. Now, there is a purpose to it. 
The purpose in the season of Pentecost is to outfit and resource and source the people of God to be the people of God who can then respond to the call of God to be the people of God. I mean, it's a big, it's a big summer for us. If, if the season of Pentecost does what it's supposed to do, then we are better at announcing and implementing the victory of the cross for all of creation. If the season of Pentecost does what it's supposed to do, then we are, over the course of this, these summer months and on into the fall, going to be resourced to better and better answer the call to be the people of God, the very body of Christ. And so we kick off with this very cool VBS thing, the Hero Hotline. Now, maybe you have kids who have not yet signed up. Big mistake. You need to come to this. Maybe you're an adult who's not yet found your spot. Big mistake. I'm telling you, this will be good for us. This gives you a little bit of a, of a primer to know what we're going to be doing this week. According to the little introduction at Hero Hotline, kids are invited to learn from the heroes of the Bible. Best of all, they'll be invited to answer God's call in their lives at VBS, at church, at home, in every area of their lives. And all God's people said, that's a pretty cool deal. You weren't as excited about that as I am, but I think it's pretty, pretty cool. I mean, it's going to be really fun. And it reminded me of another movie I saw a long time ago. 2005, maybe some of you are familiar with this theatrical triumph, this artistic triumph, known as, and you probably already know it, Sky High. <laughs> now let me, some of you, yes, are aware, yeah. Not a bad one, not a bad one, pretty good one. If you like, like the superhero stuff, this is, this is not a bad one. Sky High has to do with Will Stronghold. Uh, Will Stronghold, his parents, are superheroes. His parents are superheroes, and his parents expect that he too will be a superhero, uh, but he's not yet ready. And so they send him to Sky High to be trained in all the best sorts of ways to be a superhero. The question remains, though, and it hangs over the entire movie, is young Will, like his parents, going to be a hero, or might he just be a sidekick? I do have a preview of this, too, because I like watching it, so here we go. <laughs> I just want you to know how proud I am that you'll be attending my alma mater. From the moment Will Stronghold started high school, he knew he was in for the ride of his life. Here we go! 
to Sky High. You are the descendants Ow! of the world's most legendary superheroes. All he wants is to live up to his family name. My parents are the greatest superheroes on the planet. But he's not sure he's got what it takes. Step up here and show me your power. Car. Hero. If you don't make hero, you're just a sidekick. Car. Are you insane? Sidekick. Now, all I ever wanted for him was to save the world. To transform himself. We can't change who he is. Not without dropping him in a vat of toxic waste. Where will we even find a vat of time? You'll have to test his limits. You have three minutes to immobilize your opponents and save the citizens. Uh, remember when we used to use real citizens? Yes. Uh... <laughs> and unleash the hero within. He's strong. We're strong. Yeah, so you feel the pressure that young Will feels, like his parents are like all of that, like some of the greatest superheroes ever. You feel the pressure that he must feel to, to live up to and into that big calling that he must have. You're supposed to feel some of that today as we hear the Great Commission. I mean, did you hear the words of the Great Commission? Worldwide effort. Worldwide effort to change all of the world. And somehow and for some reason, God has seen fit to work in and through people just like us. Here's the problem, God. We may not be heroes, we may just be sidekicks. Can a room full of sidekicks sprinkled in with a few heroes, can we accomplish all of this? I gotta tell you, I don't think so. I, I don't think us figuring out whether we are heroes or sidekicks gets this done. Now, do I think this is possible? It must be because we're called to it, right? But how is it possible? And how is it possible when, when there is lurking right there beneath the surface all kinds of doubt? You heard this, right? The 11 disciples went to Galilee. Now, they had a prearranged sort of agreement. Now, after the resurrection, go to Galilee. Not Jewish area, Galilean areas were typically Gentile areas. Go there. And so they went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped. And your Bible says, but some doubted. But that's not what the Greek says. Here's what the Greek says. When they saw him, they worshiped and doubted. The sum is supplied there. The 11, used to be 12, the 11, when they saw Jesus walking up the path to meet them, they worshiped and they doubted. Man, I, I hope you receive that as good news. <laughs> the 11 to whom was given the great commission. The 11 worshiped for sure, but did they worship in a cocksure certainty that removed all fear and uneasiness about what it is that they were gonna be asked to do, all that they had seen, all that may be asked of them? No, they were normal people. Chronic, maybe chronically normal people. They worshiped and they doubted. In other words, kind of like you. Now, there may be saints in the room who sing with reckless abandon, and God bless you, I need to stand closer to you. Who sing with reckless abandon, 
Or maybe you are, again, one of these chronically normal people who have the capacity to sing while also having some doubts. Is this going to work out? I mean, we even sing it in our songs. We even sing. Did you hear that last song that we sang before the Scripture song? (laughs) Oh, for grace to trust him more. There must be some room for a, a development, some increase in my trust. I mean, we're singing, "'Tis so sweet to trust." I love that song, by the way. And part of the reason I love it is because it is so real. I trust you. I just need to trust you more. Oh, for the grace to trust you more. The Great Commission does not come to heroes. In fact, let me, let me just say this now. I am not sure that the label of Great Commission does this passage justice. Because the Great Commission places most of the weight on our shoulders, the people who have received this calling. But I don't think Jesus intended it that way. I think think Jesus fully recognized that the people in front of him both worshiped and doubted And so Jesus follows up with this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Can we read here for a second what it's not said here? It doesn't say, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. (laughs) It is all authority in heaven and on earth, says Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, the soon-to-be-glorified Jesus, all authority, we're going to come back to that, in heaven on earth has been given to me, said Jesus. Yes, I know that you guys are chronically human. Your shoulders perhaps aren't broad enough to finally take all of this weight that comes with this thing that you're going to end up calling the Great Commission. Jesus says, good thing that all authority in heaven on earth wasn't given to you, it was given to me, said the resurrected one. Now in the book of Matthew, every time this concept of authority comes up, it is always in a circumstance where someone is being healed, forgiven, or liberated. Okay? Healed, forgiven, or liberated. All authority in heaven on earth doesn't mean that Jesus now has the greatest greatest weaponry. This doesn't mean that somehow Jesus understands himself to be better at fighting on Rome's terms than Rome is. But Jesus never understood power and authority in those ways. And if you do, you need to relieve Jesus of the burden of being your ultimate warrior. When Jesus says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me, he looks at all that holds people captive. And he says, you know what? Now that I am demonstrated to be who I really am, I have the capacity and the authority to release captives from every, every cage, every cage. Okay. Now is where we come back in. But I want to make sure that we've all heard this. This authority was not given to you. It wasn't given to me. It was given to the one who conquered death and sin. Here's where we come in. This says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's why this is a Trinity Sunday passage for us, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but let's go back to the beginning. It actually doesn't say go, therefore. That sounds like a command, right? Now, there is a command in here, but it's not the go part. Jesus says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Now that you know that, Jesus anticipates that you will feel free to walk around within Christ's authority. So it really, actually, it says, if we were to really break it down into its parts, now, once you leave this place, once you go, disciple all nations. So we're going to have to double back now. What do we mean when we say discipleship? I've said this to you before. I, I worry that sometimes discipleship, now when I was a kid, this, this doesn't mean it was all bad, but discipleship was a notebook. It was a three-ring binder. Does anybody else remember those brown three-ring binders? Yeah. And you are kind of given the impression that the more notes you put in those pages the more of a disciple you are. But it kind of then makes it scholastic, it, it makes it informational, and again, that's not all bad. It's just so dramatically limited. A disciple was one who followed so closely behind Jesus that the dust of his sandals would get on your robes. Make some sense? Sure, there is an informational, educational aspect to it, but there is an apprenticeship to it that we can't miss. But here's what I really want you to see. We are to disciple all nations. Disciple all nations. This is meant to be not so much an individualistic effort, but an effort between nations. Do you realize in another place in the Bible, that you and I are described as a holy nation. A kingdom of priests, a holy nation. I, I wish we would more often understand ourselves as a nation amongst nations. John, do you mean that we're not, that we're not American? I do not. But I do wish for us to understand ourselves as Christians who happen to be Americans and not the other way around. Can I get an amen there? Yeah, that's a good one. I, I do wish for us to understand ourselves as a nation. We have everything we need to consider ourselves a nation, right? Founding documents and stories. Covenants and creeds. <laughs> Rituals. Rituals of, of, let's say, citizenship. Rituals to help us remember our citizenship. We are a nation. And we are a unique and peculiar and different kind of nation who by its very existence puts some skin and flesh on the very being of God. And there is the insinuation here, no, it's more than that. There is this expectation here that we would here in the book of Matthew, that we, the people of God, having been schooled by Jesus himself in this giant sermon, I think the Sermon on the Mount, I think the Sermon on the Mount is right here in full view. There's a lot going on in the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is not just about your heart change, it's there, but more specifically, it's about world change, and your heart change is a part of the larger world change. Don't make me get that iceberg back out again, you guys. <laughs> Discipling whole other nations is done by the holy nation, the holy nation that is organized and energized by words of Christ 
like the Sermon on the Mount, the kingdom in which the poor are blessed, that those who mourn are blessed, the meek inherit the earth, peacemakers are called the children of God, the nation in which the merciful are shown mercy, the nation in which those who are pure in heart, single-minded, single-hearted, would finally see God. The nation that can bear up under persecution, and when we do bear up properly and rightly under persecution as this holy nation, we are the nation that inherits, inherits the very kingdom of God. A a holy nation organized by the prayer in chapter six. You know what prayer I'm talking about, right? We're gonna pray it later on. But I want you to know that those are some of the most important words that we have as a nation, as a nation, some of the most important words. Those words are meant to shape us, shape us so that somehow by our very being, by our very existence, as people look on and participate in and with us, that they might be discipled toward Christ-likeness as we live out words like, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Friends, if you understand yourself as merely an individual Christian, separate or separated from the holy nation part, not only are you diminishing the impact that you might have, but you are living beneath your privilege as a son or daughter of God. In other words, let me say it like this on VBS Sunday, this Christian deal is a whole lot more fun when we're a holy nation than when I'm just trying to be good. And when we're a holy nation, living with and underneath and with access to the authority that has been given to Christ, the world can change. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, not here, so I'm gonna add it here. And remember how this whole Gospel of Matthew started with one of the nicknames given to Jesus being Emmanuel. You know what that means? God with us. God with us. You guys. I I hope that I'm not breaking news here, but, but listen to this. As a pastor, I am licensed to tell you the spirit of the resurrected Christ is yours. You have access to it. It is accessible to you, the spirit of the resurrected Christ, the one who enjoys authority over all things in heaven and earth, the authority to liberate, to forgive, to heal. You and I live in and amongst the resurrected Christ all the time. When Jesus plopped all of that on the disciples, those 11 that day who both worshiped and doubted, remember those people? Jesus had no sense that he was gonna say, okay, do this, see you later. Jesus said, no, as you learn to participate in the very life and the essence of God, the nature of God, here's what we're going to do. (laughs) 
And we saw just a little glimpse of that last week. Do you remember that? I don't know, if you weren't here last week, we used the baptistry last week. And, and maybe we've stumbled onto something that we're gonna, we're gonna do more often. We had our first Cameroonian baptism last week, which I think would make a fantastic rock group name, Cameroonian baptism. But Corinne, Corinne, who's been a part of our fellowship for three or four years, is from Cameroon, fled Cameroon. At the encouragement of her family, people who are still stuck on the other side of the ocean that she's still trying to get here. And she landed here, lived with the family for a while. That family she lived with moved away, but she's still here. She considers you to be her church family. But she's Cameroonian, and her heart ached for a Cameroonian faithful presence. And so Corinne started a church. <laughs> Corinne even called, seems to have called her own pastor, which is fascinating to me. Corinne was baptized, and I don't know if you were here last week, but her, her pastor got in there, the, the man who baptized her, it may have just been me, I had trouble understanding him, right? And some of that was an amplification thing, it's just hard to mic somebody, in, <laughs> it's hard to mic somebody in the baptistry without electrocuting them to death, and we don't want to do that. We really are against that. But it was also because he spoke, he spoke with such a heavy accent that it was hard to understand. And I, I don't know about you, but as I sat right over there and struggled to understand what he was saying, but understood it perfectly, yeah. yes. I had a kingdom moment. I had a kingdom moment. Maybe God in Christ through the Spirit can do these things. And maybe my role is to show up and to be faithful to show up. Maybe that's what we need to hear on Trinity Sunday. It's not just that we've been given marching orders. I think it's fair to call them marching orders so long as we recognize that we never march ahead of the resurrected Christ. We are always marching in step with the resurrected Christ. A guy I read this week called Os uh, named Osvaldo Vina says this, the risen Christ is announcing that today as it was at the beginning of creation, the Spirit of God is creating a new reality where people are being called to serve the world beyond racial, ethnic, and religious differences. A diverse God is calling God's people to be diverse, putting into action the authority of liberation that God has given them. No, here's what I think that people do in the baptistry. Here's what I think Corinne did, what I did, and what I remember here. I, I hope that by virtue of my baptism, I'm not trying to settle the question as to whether I'm a hero or a sidekick. I hope what I'm doing is blurring the lines between me and Christ. Does that make some sense? I, I hope that I am leaning into this moniker, that we are the body of Christ. 
And that it's okay if I, when I am uh, immersed into these waters and when I'm, when I'm brought back out, it's okay if I'm given a little bit of a different name, different marching orders in a different community. It's okay because what's happening slowly but surely is I'm being identified with Christ, the call of God, the mission of God, best exemplified by Christ. I mean, Paul says it in Galatians, right? I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I live now in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Another place he says, for me to live is Christ. Christ prays for us in John chapter 17. I in them and you in me, may they also be in us. Listen to a song on the way in. that says something like this. I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. God makes God's authority and strength accessible and available to us to borrow, to borrow, while we provide the absolutely essential ingredients. You ready for this? Consistent, persistent, relentless availability. And consistent and persistent and relentless willingness, even if it comes with a healthy dose of doubt. That's okay. You and I have the capacity. We actually have the capacity to participate in the very essence and the nature of God. It's not whether or not we're heroes or sidekicks. It's better than that and it's more than that. We're actually part of the working, beating heart of God. Heroes and sidekicks, that's, that's way too little, way too small a vision for this. I mean, when you pray the prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, who's going to do that? Who's going to accomplish that? Is that God or is it us? The answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. We are invited into the very essence and being of God. Now, does that make us gods? No. My family can tell you I am not a god. My breath is terrible in the morning. <laughs> but like you, I've been invited to the table and invited into the very heart, being, essence of God. You're not a hero. This is not a self-help class. And you're not just a sidekick. I mean, I'm tired of Christians self-deprecating, somehow thinking that that's God-glorifying. What you are is a functioning, moving member of the very body of Christ who lives with the very same spirit, breath, and lungs that filled the lungs of the resurrected Christ. What you are is a tangible expression of the very being of God that transcends the categories of hero or sidekick. You are invited to the table, invited into the very heart, essence, being of God. About the Great Commission, Thomas Long says this, the very fact that the task is utterly impossible throws the disciples completely onto the mercy and strength of God. The work of the church cannot be taken up 
unless it is true that all authority does not belong to the church or its resources, but comes from God's wild investment in God of God in Jesus the Son and the willingness of the Son to be present always to the church in the Spirit. Hero or sidekick? No, it's much more than that. We're invited to take into our very bodies the very essence of God. And that's what makes the Great Commission possible. Because at the end of the day, here's what I, would, I wish we would call it rather than the Great Commission, which again, I think, puts too much weight on our shoulders. What if we called it the Great Dance? What if we called it the Great Dance? The other thing I thought about doing, I should have done it. Now I'm going to tell you what I should have done. You're going to be disappointed that I didn't do it. I thought about having, have you ever seen double dutch jump roping happen? What if instead of the Great Commission, we called it the Great Jump in and find your spot in the giant double dutch of God? This is not something for you to accomplish and finish. It is the nature of God to bring all things to completion. The question is not, are you up to it? <laughs> the question is merely, will you dance? God remains responsible for the results, but are you willing to take your spot in the heart, the essence, the nature, the calling of God? Our invitation to that table is what we celebrate each week around here. So if you are coming to help us set this table where we are reminded each and every week that we're invited, we're invited to take part in the very nature, essence, being, life of God in Christ. And so Heavenly Father, bless these elements and somehow, somehow God, as we take this piece of bread and as we sip from the cup, Somehow, God, through these tangible elements, may we find this great calling to be more and more possible, not because we have somehow achieved some level of superstardom, but because we find ourselves so wrapped up in you and your life and your being, your dynamic life and being, that we recognize at the end of the day that you have accomplished this, even if it is in and through people like us, it is still you accomplishing all of it. Give us the sense, God, that as we take into our own bodies bread and cup, that we are further invited into the center, the core of who you are. May this moment blur the lines between us so that as we go back home, as we go back to work, it is in fact you going home and going back to work with us. So in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet, to exit your pew to the left, and to come forward with your hands cupped. And please keep in mind that everyone's invited. If you recognize your need for grace, you are invited to this table today and every week. But none are compelled. If you'd rather sit this one out, you're welcome to do so. But if you would, if you would like to, exit your pew to the left and come forward and approach someone holding a plate of bread. As you get close enough, that person will take a piece of bread and press it into your hands. 
and say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. Don't eat it just yet, but take it and dip it into the cup. When you do, that person will say, and this is the blood of Christ shed for you. And recognize in this moment that you are taking another step further into the very nature and being of God, which then makes the great commission, the great dance possible, not because of you, but because God has enveloped you. So then you might want to find a place to pray after you take and eat. You may want to come to one of these side padded altars. If you do, somebody will meet you there and pray a prayer for healing. It might be physical, mental, emotional healing that you're looking for today. Doesn't matter, we will pray with you. Or you may wanna to come to one of these kneeling benches, these mourners benches up front, maybe to pray a prayer of confession, that God, this is all too heavy, and I need to know that I'm not trying to do this by myself, that I'm not alone, and at some point, somebody will come by and touch you on the back, the neck, the head, just to make sure that you know that you, in fact, are not alone. You may wanna circle right back around to your seats, and that's fine, but you also may wanna make a special trip up to this bowl of water. And if you want to, you can just sort of touch the top of the water and be reminded. May the chill of the water remind you that there was this moment when God received you into God's self that we call baptism. A moment when you intentionally and out loud blurred the lines and became less you and more him. If you need to be reminded that this has happened and that it continues to have an impact this bowl of water might do the trick for you today. It's on the night that he was betrayed that our Savior took bread. He blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body broken for you. And every time you eat of it, remember me. And in the same way, he took the cup, held it up before them and said, and this is my blood, the blood of a new covenant now shed for you, made available to you. And every time you drink of it, including today, remember me. And in remembering him today, may we all remember who we are. May we all remember who we are. Pretty important as we kick off VBS. As we try to tell kids who they are, that we would remember who we are. All across the sanctuary now, if you would, stand to your feet. Exit your pews to the left, your left, and come forward with your hands cup to receive these gifts of God meant to nourish and source and resource the people of God.